We are taking a summer hiatus to reimagine the Wichita Chamber Business Accelerator podcast. We will be back with new hosts, new guests, and new stories soon. In the meantime, we will be re-releasing some of our most popular episodes over the past two and a half years. The Wichita Regional Chamber of Commerce's small business initiatives are made possible by our small business program investors, Blue Cross Blue Shield of Kansas, Cox Business, AGH CPAs and Advisors, United Healthcare, and Interest Bank. and drums, you know it's time for the Wichita Chamber Business Accelerator, powered by Evergy. Join us as we explore the world of business, leadership, and entrepreneurship in Wichita. Learn from local business leaders and owners on how they have built and grown their companies and the challenges and opportunities they met along the way. Coming to you from the Evergy Room at the Wichita Regional Chamber of Commerce. Here are your hosts, Don Sherman and Ebony Clemens Ajibalande. Welcome to another exciting edition of the WCBA, powered, of course, by Evergy. First, thank you for listening. Don't forget to like us, love us, share us. We truly appreciate you checking us out. Kansas Health Foundation is in the house. E. That's what's up. We have Mr. Ed O'Malley in the house. How's it going, Ed? I am doing fantastic. Thank I'm you. Here. Thanks for letting me be here. Of course. You we know he's are... a friend. <laughs> you know, that, was, that was good. <laughs> that was so good. he's one of your friends. Yes. Are you claiming him to yes. be one of your friends? Yes. I'll let you have this Thank one. Thank you. <laughs> I'll let you have this one. Ed, do you agree that you're his friend? I am friends with both of you. Okay. I that, promise. That's a good answer. Okay. Good answer. I'll, I'll take half. <laughs> <laughs> but probably Don at longer. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. All I right, get it. So <laughs> I think that's an age joke. Yeah, I, it I, was. I think that, yeah. You caught it, Ed. <laughs> well, Ed, you know, tell us. Everyone knows who you are, number one. Yeah. But if you would, please tell us who you are and what you do, sir. Yeah. Thanks, Ebony. Ed O'Malley, been in Wichita now for almost 16 years, mm -hmm. just recently became the president and CEO of the Kansas Health Foundation, yeah. uh, moved here to Wichita 16 years ago to become president and CEO of the Kansas Leadership Center, which I had the uh, really the privilege of, of, of being the founding CEO. Yeah. But before that, uh, Kansas City, deep roots in the Kansas City area, uh, don't hold this against me. Used to serve in politics, was a member of the Kansas House of Representatives, yeah. worked for one of our governors, Governor Bill Graves, before that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, Wichita has been home the last 16 years, and what a great home it's been. Oh, that is so wonderful. And, you know, the 16 years you've been here, you've made so much impact in mm -hmm. our community. And it's just, you've just done wonderful work. I've watched you from affar, like, and it's just been great. I'm like, who's this guy? Who's this guy coming in oh. here making impact on day one? <laughs> 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 well, I don't know if it was day one, but, you know, but I'll tell you, the, the team, and I appreciate what you're saying, and there's an incredible team of people connected to the Leadership Center, connected to the Kansas Health Foundation, which is, from the beginning, has been one of the core funders of the Leadership Center. Mm -hmm. We might be able to get into some of that later. Of course. But incredible group of people that have done so many incredible things. So thanks for the... Uh, the compliments, and it's an incredible group of people that have made this stuff happen. So 
let's talk about this transition. How long yeah. have you been at uh, Kansas Health Foundation? This is week number four. Week four. So wow. it's all fresh and new. Yes. I, you know, I'm at the point where not knowing is starting to wear a little thin, right? Mm-hmm. When you start a new job, there aren't many expectations because you're the new guy. But by week four, you got to start knowing some things. Mm-hmm. So we're there now. But, okay. Yeah. So now you know some things. A few, not many. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us, what. so what is the mission? What, what do you do at the Kansas Health Foundation? You know, Kansas Health Foundation, uh, by the way, it got started in 1985. Okay. Some of your listeners will know the story. Wesley Medical Center was a not-for-profit hospital beginning in 1912 when United Methodist created mm-hmm. the hospital. And then by 1985, the folks running the hospital realized it made sense to sell the hospital to a for-profit company, Hospital Corporation of America. So that sale created $200 million in profit that became the Kansas Health Foundation. Okay. So that's that's the origin story. And from the beginning, back in the mid-1980s, the Health Foundation has been focused on how do you improve the health of all Kansans? And as the years went by, they discovered that health is so much more than health care. In mm-hmm. fact, health care is really the last piece of the equation. You know, your economic... Uh, status, economic opportunity, your educational attainment, the amount of civic and social infrastructure in a community, all those things contribute to health. So for over 40 years now, the Kansas Health Foundation has been, uh, or excuse me, almost 40 years, has been building initiatives, programs, and efforts that are designed to improve the health of all Kansans. That work has evolved and looked different in different eras, and it's looking different even now as we move forward. We can talk about that. But that's the goal, improve the health of all Kansans. I love that. And that's, you know, you that's a great segue because, you know, I I, I guess as we talk about that, that's pretty broad. Huge. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. So yeah. what does that mean yeah. for the everyday person? Yeah. 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 Well, and what does it mean for the business community? I'm very conscious that we're here at Chamber of Commerce. Mm -hmm. I'm a proud member of the board here of the Chamber. I've been connected to Chambers my entire adult life. To to me, health is the number one super measure for how society's doing. And and, in business terms, we often look for those key metrics. Like, what's a metric that tells you if we're winning or losing? And health, to me, is, is one of the, if not the best, super measure for saying, how's Kansas doing? How's Wichita doing? How's my family doing? Mm -hmm. How's our community doing? And back in the mid-1990s, Kansas was in the top 10 healthiest states. Every year, the states are ranked from best to worst. We were consistently a top-tier state when it came to the overall health of our population. Over the last 30 years, we have fallen and fallen and fallen. And now Kansas is in the mid to lower 30s. And that's Mm. just unacceptable. And to me, what that tells us is, uh, while we got a lot of good things going on in Kansas, if that super measure, that incredible metric of our health has declined that far, that tells me there's other, that's a symptom of other things. There are Mm -hmm. a lot of things going on. We must not have the economic opportunity that people need especially people who are facing the biggest disparities, communities facing the greatest disparities. We must not have aligned our resources in way that in ways that create an outcome of health for our population. These are some of the types of things that we're going to be working on, as you might imagine. But to me, it's an incredible metric. And imagine, imagine if Kansas was back in the top 10, what that might mean yeah. for the business community. 
Imagine what it would mean for a company like Evergy, mm -hmm. for other small businesses, large businesses, <clears throat> if we were consistently one of the healthiest states in the nation. You'd save money on insurance, you'd have happier, healthier employees, you'd be more productive. Uh, my guess is the bottom line would be better. Uh, it matters, uh, health matters. And it's not, it's, not just, it's not just an individual issue, it's an issue for all of us to be thinking about. I would agree 100%. And that was very well said. Mm -hmm. um, you know, just trying to see how your organization help us improve the, the health of all Kansans. I mean, that's a huge task. By, by all means. And, and here's the deal. You don't climb those health rankings by helping healthy people get healthier. Mm -hmm. that, that's not going to do it. The, the challenge is all about the disparities that exist throughout our state. Those disparities based on uh, economic situation, based on race, best, based on geography, they are leading to different outcomes, health outcomes. And if we want to improve the health of all Kansans, we have to break down and dismantle these disparities and help the communities uh, that, uh, for lots of different reasons that we could get into in this conversation, have not experienced the same type of health outcomes as other Kansans. We've got to change that. That's absolutely key to moving forward. So when you talk about you know, addressing some of these disparities, um, and in particular, when you talk about um, economic or you know, circumstances, how does the Health Foundation play a part in that? Yeah. I think that's what we're trying to discover. And as, as you know, there's been, there's been a lot of transition at the Health Foundation over the last few years. Mm -hmm. uh, what hasn't changed is a commitment to focusing on those disparities. What hasn't changed is a commitment to discovering how do we create more equitable access for all Kansans to have the type of health opportunities and outcomes that people deserve. We're going through a strategic framework building process to answer more specifically, Ebony, those, the, the question you're just asking. What exactly mm -hmm. will the initiatives and the efforts of the Health Foundation look like? I think that what we know is that it's about creating opportunity. It's about bringing more people into the conversation. It's about building power and opportunity at the grassroots level and helping align those efforts at the grassroots level across our state with uh, key institutions and policymakers to make sure key policies are aligning with what people on the ground need in order to live healthier lives. How that gets translated into specific programs, grant <clears throat> initiatives, and other opportunities from KHF, we'll be discovering with the board and the staff over the coming months. That's wonderful. That's that's a fun thing to be working through, right? Well, it's it's uh, it's fun. It's also it's also heady. You know, it's um. Back in 1912, a bunch of Kansans worked really, really hard to build a hospital. And they did that because they wanted to create an institution that could help improve the health of people in this community. Uh, I think about that a lot. I think about the opportunity we have at the Kansas Health Foundation as a gift from those Kansans. And we've got to honor that gift and discover how do we use those resources in order to you know, not just talk about this stuff, but make a difference in it. And of course, there's a saying out there, I think it's, if it can't be measured, it can't be improved, something yeah, like that. Yeah. Help me understand what happened, what, what were we doing right in 1980s to be in the top 10 when it yeah. comes to healthcare? If yeah. You, yeah. How, did, how, how did that happen? Yeah, no, that's a great question. And that's one of the things in my first few weeks on this job I'm trying to dig into and figure okay. out. 
But my sense is though, from a big picture perspective, mm -hmm. we had more equitable opportunity for people. That people, for whatever reason, were, were more able to access the types of opportunities in order to live a healthier lifestyle. And again, we know things like economic opportunity is the number one determinant of your health. We know educational attainment is mm. a key determinant of your health. Uh, we know that, uh, the, that the, the background and circumstances of an individual, their family and a community has a massive influence on what's happening with those health outcomes. Uh, but we need to dig into the specifics and really learn. And one of my hopes is that Kansas Health Foundation, its broad network of partners will uh, inspire a movement of people asking the question you just asked. Mm -hmm. What were we getting right back then? And what do we need to do differently now mm -hmm. to get back to that? Mm -hmm. And again, we, we won't get there by helping healthy people get healthier. We will get there by figuring out and listening to those who are facing the greatest health disparities and learning from them and alongside them and with them and making sure they have the resources to be empowered to improve the health of their families, of their communities, of their organizations, and of our entire state. But your question is the key question. Bring me back on in six to 12 months and we're gonna have some <laughs> great answers for it. Excellent, yeah. Tessa, you got that? You got okay. that down. I mean, cause you know, as you said that the, and of course I was a kid um, and in 80s and 90s, but the one thing that I recall um, being significant in, in a lot of our communities in 67214 was the opportunity to get trained for the skilled positions that mm. was not available before, which helped transform a lot of people's economic situation because mm. now you are able to have these high paying jobs in this skilled profession, which we still have today. But I, you know, what does that look like going forward in the future? How do we continue to uh, transform neighborhoods to give them those opportunities to, to make an economic impact for their family and for that community? Yeah. 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 Well, it, it's a great question. And it, it, it might also not, it might not be that there were things we were doing that we quit doing. It might be, a lot of other factors that are, are we might think of are, are out of our control. For example, Kansas is an aging state. Yeah. We mm -hmm. don't have the type of population mm -hmm. growth mm -hmm. in this mm -hmm. state that uh, ensures that we on average are a younger population. The older the population of a state, the, the less healthy that state is gonna be for obvious reasons. So you right. know, we've lost, popu well, we've gained population, but we've lost percentage-wise population in the United States. Uh, since the mid 1990s, but that shouldn't that shouldn't excuse the ranking. It should actually rally us to right. discover well of the things we can control, hmm. like dismantling disparities, like really asking ourselves how does race and the history of structural forces and structural racism, how does the history of inequities contribute to current day situation like asking us those questions yeah and then and then working together to control and improve what we can control right unless there's a massive population boom in Kansas we're not going to all of a sudden become a young state right. right so let's understand what of all the things that go into creating a healthy population what can we control 
And then let's make sure that we're knocking those things out of the park. Gotcha. Let's get into small business owners. How can they as, uh, assess the overall health of their employees, their workforce? Yeah. You know, a couple thoughts come to mind, a couple of resources that could be useful for small business owners. Uh, number one, there's an organization called WorkWell Kansas. It's an organization that the Kansas Health Foundation has funded over the years. WorkWell Kansas. Mm-hmm. Easy to Google, easy to find. Mm-hmm. Uh, WorkWell Kansas partners with worksites, small businesses, large employers, to help them discover exactly how to answer the question, Don, you just you just asked. So that, that's one resource. Uh, I, I happen to know that a lot of the large insurance companies, though, as well, Blue Cross, Blue Shield, and others, have programming and resources designed to help, especially those smaller employers who can't afford to have you know, employees on their staff where this is their sole task, right. where this is the main thing they are focusing on. So there are a lot of resources from the insurance companies, from WorkWell Kansas, and probably some others that are designed to partner with these employers, large or small, to help them discern uh, the health of their workforce, but also, more importantly, help them discover simple ways to improve the health of their of their workforce. Excellent. Well, just one more question before break. How does it feel to... <laughs> go across the hall to your new job. (laughs) And it's not the same. Well, I know a KHF funded KLC, but how does that feel? And what what made you switch, if I can ask? Of course, of course. Yeah, for those who might not know, the Kansas Leadership Center and the Kansas Health Foundation are literally right next door to each other. It's it's a shared campus, if you will. Um, And so, you know, it has been hard to remember each morning to turn left instead of right, (laughs) Right, you know, uh, to make sure I go into the correct building. Uh, So it's been been strange, and it's been also wonderful. And what I mean by that is the Kansas Leadership Center, the folks there are doing phenomenal things. And I think I had taken it as far as I could take it. Okay. You know, I love the work I was able to do there, and it's time for them to identify the next permanent president and CEO and for her or him to take the Kansas Leadership Center to heights that I wasn't able to take it to. I'm excited to watch that. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it was time. It was time. But it it has been a little strange going next door. Uh, I'm also, though, really excited to to be in, in the role now of thinking about how to help this broad network of partners work together to improve the health of all Kansans, to work together to reduce these disparities. So I'm still involved with the work of KLC. Mm-hmm. It's just in a different way now. Yeah. Excellent. And that's and I have to go pers- well, somewhat personal. Ed, I called him up on the phone when we were having a issue in the community right. with the Evergy Pulse. Mm-hmm. And I said, Ed, I need your help. And he was there. We put together well, he helped me put together a community team that come up with a solution how we could uh uh, fix something that what was not good for us, <laughs> and he helped a lot. So thank you well, very you, much. Your, your humility through that whole process and and your company's uh, ability to, to to learn and engage mm-hmm. through that was really um, impressive. We put together a community engagement team, and they led the process to 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 somewhat rectify what had happened. So thank you for that. So yeah, that's yeah, huge. Yep. Yeah. E. All right, friends, it's time to hear a word from our sponsors. We will be back with Ed O'Malley in the Kansas Health Foundation. Seeing energy differently means continually working to drive energy prices down, even as costs around us rise. 
At Evergy, we're relying less on fossil fuels and more on renewable resources. We're investing in programs to help you use less energy, enabling us to decrease our rates over the last four years. Reliable, sustainable, affordable energy that puts you first. That's everything to us. Evergy, the you. At Coke, our Wichita roots run deep. As part of this community, we strive to build strong partnerships with local organizations and create opportunities for our hometown businesses and entrepreneurs. From teaching kids STEM to supporting community resources and funding grants for local educators, we're proud to support Wichita and the amazing work happening throughout our city. Interested in learning more? See how we do it at cokeict.com. That's K-O-C-H-I-C-T.com. Utility Company. Welcome back, friends. Ed, so we've been talking a little bit about the work that you're going to be doing um, here in your new position. So let's dig a little deeper, if you will. So let's talk about DE&I, right? This is a big subject matter, and some people are afraid to, to approach it. Some people don't understand the importance of why business or corporations should be in the business of fostering DE&I. Can you talk to us a little bit about that as it relates to health determinants? By, by all means, and I, uh, it, it is a big topic. And what I'm excited about is that more and more people are embracing an understanding of the need to create the most inclusive environments possible. And w- one thing I, I'd start off by saying is DE&I, diversity, equity, and inclusion, DE&I, we cannot let it become a political issue. Right. And I have I have good friends who are far, far, far to the left, and they are major advocates for DE&I. And I have good friends who are far, far, far to the right, and they are major advocates for DE&I. Mm-hmm. Now, those two groups of people might use different words sometimes. Mm-hmm. But I don't know many people who want people to feel excluded, mm-hmm. for example. So we can't let DE&I become a political issue, and I'm worried it is. And so I I love the fact that the Wichita Chamber, and full disclosure, I'm the vice chair of the board for Mm DE&I. So I work to support our amazing staff member, Ricky Ellison, who is on the front lines for the chamber, helping build the chamber strategies and activities to help advance DE&I. I love doing whatever I can to help support her great work and the chamber's great work. It is so critical. And you know, imagine if Wichita was seen as one of the most experienced, as one of the, the most inclusive places for people with different backgrounds, whether mm-hmm. that's on race or uh, any dimension. Uh, imagine what that would mean for our business community. You know, as the, the Latino and Latina population, for example, skyrockets. Don't we want this to be a place that attracts the best talent? And that population is growing like crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, we need to retain our incredible talent, our, our young professionals. And if this is a community where uh, young black professionals or young professionals of any color see as a place for them to thrive and be included, we all win. It helps all of us. So one of the big things on my mind is how we just we cannot let this become a political issue. Uh, we can debate the best ways of creating more inclusion, mm-hmm. to create to creating more equitable access, to taking advantage of the diversity that we have. 
but we can't let it become political. And I, I, I love how the chamber has been on the front lines of advancing DEI in a way that I think everybody can connect to, which I really love. Well, I love the work that you are doing, and I appreciate you being so passionate about the discussion. Mm-hmm. So as we talk about the framework for growth or how we are trying to grow and uh, become this inclusive city, how do we you know, not politicize it? How do we begin conversations? And I think, shout out to Ricky, she's done a wonderful job and I'm excited to see that work. But how do we uh, engage in those conversations in a way that seemed to be more meaningful so that, because you know, you said that we have used different language to describe it. So are there some tricks of the trade that we may? Well, to me, the, the, the first thing that comes to my mind is to trust people. If people are articulating that they don't feel included. Mm-hmm. And that might be articulated through surveys, polls, through conversations in a workplace. And that's what we're hearing. You know, that's what in our society, uh, people of color, uh, uh, LGBTQ communities, people have been expressing that they have not historically felt as included Mm -hmm. as they would like to. So I think the first piece of advice is to trust them. If that's their experience, trust that it's their true experience. Mm -hmm. And when we do that, again, no matter our politics, my experience is almost all of us want people to be included. And so if we trust them that they're not feeling included, that should take us pretty quickly down a road of, well, what can we do to help yeah. people feel more yeah. included? And we, we might not have the answers. We might have to listen and partner and empower other people to discover the answers. But to me, the, the first mindset is a mindset of, of trusting that there is something here. Mm-hmm. And, and I think the second thing on my mind is, you know, as I watch the DE&I conversation unfold across our country, what I'm noticing often is people reacting emotionally to the way in which somebody else is talking about it. And then the debate or the discussion is about how we're talking about it, mm-hmm. not the underlying issue. Yeah, though. that's it. Bing. You know, so we've got to catch ourselves from that. we got to catch, like, don't fall trapped into the trap. Don't fall into that trap. Don't fall into the trap of reactionary politics, yeah. which, you know, the politicization, I don't think I still got that right, but I did the best I could. <laughs> of all things in America— is all around us. But when it comes to advancing DEI, and if we want Wichita to win, if we want Wichita to be a place that thrives, we have got to be on the correct side of this. Mm-hmm. We have to. And so we can't let it become politicized. We've got to trust people and we've got to then sit down together and say, well, what can we do right. to make this place more inclusive, to create more equitable access? It's just absolutely critical. I feel like I'm rambling, but you can no, tell I'm passionate yeah, about this. Yeah, this is good. Um, this is really good. You know, so if employers, if as employers, if we can help improve the equity within our walls, how could that support the broader health discussions throughout the state? Yeah, you know, I think it's all connected. Again, going back to like what creates healthy people. Well, the, the, the number one determinant of your health is your economic status. Right? So if, if companies and, and small businesses, large employers if they can be more successful and they can help their people be more successful to share in that economic prosperity, Mm -hmm. that will change our health trajectory as a state. 
You know, it's the number one thing we can do is help give people access to economic opportunity. And I don't want to I don't want to say that other efforts to improve health aren't important. Uh, other um, efforts to help people understand the importance of healthy eating and healthy behaviors. But these core underlying fundamentals, like access to economic opportunity, access to quality education, access to systems and structures where people have asked themselves, are there still inherent systemic inequities built into the structures? Mm -hmm. And if so, have we dismantled them or are we dismantling them? Those types of things are critical. And we need to still encourage people to, you know, drink your green smoothie and well, get enough veggies yeah. and get enough exercise, of course. But, you know, all that stuff is a lot easier when you have economic opportunity and you're in a system that isn't working against you. Uh, and there's a lot to that. We could unpack a lot of that. Yeah, but, that's, a, um, that's a whole nother conversation it's a whole nother, in itself. But it's, but it's also like the conversation, yeah. right? It's the conversation. And which is why I, I just I fear if we let DE and I become politicized, it keeps us from getting to these real conversations. Uh, and I, you know, I, I I surprise people on the left and the right sometimes when I say that you know I, I know folks on the far far left and I know folks on the far far right mm -hmm. equally passionate about advancing DE and I. You can be passionate about it and be in lots of places along the political spectrum. Let's not let it become politicized. It feels so critical. That's awesome. I love that. And so the last question that I would have for you is just really, what can the Kansas Health Foundation do to support business owners? Or what, what type of resources can um, they tap into? So I mentioned WorkWell Kansas before, a phenomenal mm -hmm. organization funded by the Kansas Health Foundation in order to partner with small businesses and employers all across Kansas. So I would encourage chamber members, uh, businesses to look into work well, Kansas, number one. I, I would also say there are other assets that the Kansas leadership, excuse me, the Kansas Health Foundation, <laughs> hey, it's week four, yeah, it's still hard, exactly. right? But there are other assets that the Kansas Health Foundation has created that exist in Kansas, things like the Kansas Leadership Center, mm -hmm. uh, things like the Kansas Health Institute, which is based in Topeka, Kansas, mm -hmm and helps mainly policymakers, but I'm sure they would be happy to work with businesses as well to think through health research and health outcomes related to decisions that policymakers and businesses make. So I would encourage business owners to, to think about those resources and to stay, stay, uh, stay in touch. Uh, what I know from my experience is you don't make game-changing progress on a massive issue like climbing those health rankings mm. without leveraging market forces, yeah. without leveraging the business community. Exactly. So my hope is that we'll have more opportunities and resources for the business community. But my request would be that those in the business community let me know and my team know what would help you mm -hmm. elevate the importance of the health of your people. And if I can hear that and learn that, maybe the Health Foundation can find ways to partner with the business community to, to drive us back where we belong, into the top 10 of these health right. rankings. I, let's not be, I'm a, I'm a K-Stater, right? That's right. I want, Don, don't hold Emma. that against me, Don. Mm. But you know, we want our football team to be uh, regularly in the top 25 mm. and ideally right. back in the top 10 on a regular basis. Why wouldn't we want that 
for our health our outcomes health. as well. Absolutely. You know, we want Shocker basketball up there in the top. We want KU yeah. basketball to stay up there at the top. Mm-hmm. Ebony, that can be hard for some of us it Wildcats It is, but it's okay. Say, but I support it. Exactly. I'm with you. You did what? <laughs> Not going to repeat that. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody scrubbed that from the recording. But, you know, to, I mean, to me, let's think that way with, with health, because if we win on those health rankings, that must mean we're winning on so many other things. Mm-hmm. Economic opportunity, uh, engaging young professionals, keeping people here, advancing diversity, equity, and inclusion. It's all connected. Got one question before we get into some fun here. So what happened to us, and this is just me talking, I mean, we, we slipped in the health rankings, we slipped in our entrepreneurship mojo. During the 90s, the thousands, maybe the tens, did something systemic happen to us or is it something that happened to every community or what's your thought on that? I know it's an off the wall question, but this is Don. So you're going to get that. Don, it's it's a great question. And and my guess is it's a type of question where all we really have are hypotheses. Okay. You know, we, 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 nobody knows exactly, but uh, so it could be interesting to think about, you know, what are the different interpretations about Mm -hmm. why it's happened? And, you know, there could be some pretty benign interpretations like, well, we, we just haven't kept up with the right type of community programming and educational programming to keep entrepreneurship, for example, right in front of people. Mm-hmm. But there could be more systemic, more provocative interpretations as well. You know, who was it working for back then? You know, we love the, in Wichita, we love our great entrepreneurial success stories. Was that entrepreneurial success evenly distributed across the community uh, or or Mm. not? Our community has become, and this is something to celebrate, more diverse over the last 30, 40 years. So one more provocative interpretation is maybe the way we were set up allowed us to do a lot of great things as Wichita and Kansas in the 80s and 90s. But maybe we didn't adapt and ensure the same type of opportunities for an increasingly diverse population. That's much more provocative, right? Right. Uh, My my guess is we need to explore all these different interpretations. And my guess is it's a mixture. Like the the actual reason is a mixture of a lot of these different things. Uh, But it it could be, you know, some communities, some parts of our country have been able to adapt faster, have been able to be even more welcoming. And maybe we need to think about that. So there, there could be some deeper, systemic, more provocative interpretations that contribute to a lot of these things sliding. You know, our health ranking sliding, mm-hmm. our entrepreneurial mojo, mm-hmm. you know, sliding, a term that I've heard used use before. Uh, these things could be connected. And let's explore that together as a community. All right. You've dealt with, I have to say, myself and E this time. <laughs> Long awesome. enough, it's time for some uh, fun. Going to do some word association. Uh I give you one word. You give me one word back. It's not wrong because it's your word. Okay. Ready? Makes me nervous. I think so. (laughs) Yeah. This is child's play for you. Here we go. Leader. Activity. Success. I just get one word. You're Ed O'Malley. You can have two. (laughs) Uh, uh, Mobilizing others. There you go. College. Oh, God. Why did I ask? Kansas State Wildcats. (laughs) I should have known. Why did I do that? Uh, failure needs to happen all the time so we can learn nice entrepreneur somebody willing to take risks Wichita home vacation Mexico hero 
I've been blessed with a lot of incredible mentors um, locally. Somebody like Jan Davis. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, I could name a bunch of others, but I'm, I'm going to tell you that Jan Davis is one of my heroes. Jan Davis. Excellent. She's amazing. Chamber, Wichita Chamber. On the leading edge. Family. Love them more than anything. Fun. All right. I, um, <laughs> ooh, fun. Ed's having a struggle. With I fun. know. I'm, well, I'm kind of boring. I read, <laughs> I work fun. out. <laughs> I read, I work out, hang out with family. There you go. Last but not least, and uh, please tell the truth about this one, beverage. Preferred beverage of choice is a Manhattan on the rocks measured just perfectly the way my grandmother used to measure them. Oh, wow. My man. Yeah. See, I knew, he'd, I knew he'd come through. Well, friends, we've reached that time. It's the end of our segment. If you would, please make certain that you share this with people who you think may find value in this. And leave us a note. Let us know who you want to hear from next. Till next time. Peace. The Wichita Chamber Business Accelerator is brought to you by the Wichita Regional Chamber of Commerce and is powered by Evergy. Visit wichitachamber.org for a list of the area leaders we've interviewed for this series. This show is part of the ICT Podcast Network. For more information, visit ictpod.net. Oh my gosh, this was not a therapy session. (laughs) (laughs) Although, although. (laughs) This has been a day of recording. All right, let's try this again. (laughs) The Wichita Regional Chamber of Commerce's small business initiatives are made possible by our small business program investors Blue Cross Blue Shield of Kansas, Cox Business, AGH CPAs and Advisors. United Healthcare and Interest Bank. Thank you for your support of small businesses. If you are interested in learning more about small business investment, contact Angie Elliott at A-E-L-L-I-O-T-T at wichitachamber.org.